Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, thank you everyone for joining me today, and I hope wherever you are today, you and your family are well. My guest today is Bobby Castellino Lewis. Bobby and I happen to be neighbors, and we're also proud members of the Playa Venice Sunrise Rotary Club. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Hi there, Marcia. It's going to be fun to do this with you today because I realize just how much I love fashion as well as you do. Bobby is the creator of Fashionably Wealthy, and she is a style motivator. And she's a style motivator without even opening her mouth. May I just add that? When she comes into the (laughs) Rotary meeting, it's true, Bobby. When she comes into our Rotary meeting, and really, we're there at 730 in the morning, and you go, oh, my God, look at Bobby. Look at her shoes. Oh, look at her bracelet. Oh, my God, look how cute she looks. She, she, she walks the talk, trust me when I tell you this. So let's get to know you, Bobby. Let's, let's let our listeners know a little bit about you. Tell us about yourself. Well, I have a very colorful, uh, colorful past and continues to be a colorful uh, present, and uh, hopefully it'll stay colorful as I go forward. But um, in brief, I am a New Yorker living in L.A., and everybody says, oh, you've been here long enough. To, you know, you can call yourself an L.A. gal. And I said, well, I can't, actually, because the ocean's on the wrong side. So my mm-hmm. whole life, growing up in, outside of New York City, I turned right to go to the ocean. So I always knew where north was. Now you have to turn, I have to turn left <laughs> to <laughs> go to the ocean. So my bearings are always, uh, my bearings are always off. But uh, uh, I had a very, I had a very unlikely start to the style business. Actually, I was on Wall Street for 14 years. I was uh, the first female vice president in a company that designed, um, manufactured, and installed the trading turrets. And I became VP of project management. And we installed all the trading rooms in uh, the New York tri-state area, which has always been the hub, as well as all the exchanges in Chicago and then also the Pacific Exchange. Um, About 15, 16 years in, I met my current husband, and uh, he convinced me that if I could make it in New York, I could make it anywhere. And, um, and succeeded in getting me to leave my corner office overlooking the South Street Seaport to come to California, which at first didn't seem like such a good idea. There were killer ants, there were mudslides, there were riots, and oh yeah, there was an earthquake. <laughs> yeah, okay, and the ocean's on the wrong side. um, I came out here, continued continued in uh, the corporate world uh, for another 20-some-odd years. I worked for MCI and survived the WorldCom debacle and MCI rising again, and then wound up with my last gig, which was at uh, Infinet, a small company in El Segundo, that had landed the Nestle account globally, and I became the director of the Nestle account for all the Americas. And that was my last corporate job. So from there, I decided that uh, it wasn't, telecommunications wasn't as fun anymore because the trajectile of innovation had flattened. And I started looking around like, what's my next deal? And I looked myself in the mirror and I said, what lights you up? And I got a resounding response that was, what lights me up is lighting other people up. And I've always loved style. I've always loved clothing, fashion. I've been a real student of color and texture. So it just made a real sense. It took me a while, uh, about five years after I left, to kind of figure out how I could turn that love into a business. And now I help people dress for the day they want, not the day they're given in the middle of this 
pandemic. Bobby, I've known you quite some time. I didn't know any of that about you. I found that really interesting. So thank you for that background information. That's really fascinating. But I have a feeling through all of that corporate time, have have you always been interested in fashion? I know you had a corporate world, but was fashion an underlying principle for you as well? Absolutely, absolutely. Since I was a little girl, really, I would dress my dolls. My, um, I think it's it's really in my genes. I say it's in my fiber <laughs> because mm-hmm. on my father's side of the family, they were all tailors and manufacturers of clothing. Uh, some of them got out of Eastern Europe uh, and some of them didn't. But the ones who came over here uh, started up new coat factories and took on, um, you know, custom tailoring alterations in department stores. So I was always around thread and sewing and, you know, even my dance recital costumes. My grandmother would make all those with the sequins and all that. So I was always really interested in how they were made and how they fit and how you felt when you wore them. And then on my mother's side of the family, um, my grandmother uh, had a really – her best friend, uh, her name was May Marks. May she rest in peace. And oh my she, gosh, I need to interrupt you. Your your grandma's friend was May Marks. Yes. My mother's name Ida May Marks, and she sewed her entire life. After she graduated from Dorsey High School, her first job was at Rosemary Reed making bathing suits, and she made my clothes for the rest of my life. And I isn't, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that just, that just okay. made hair stand up on the back of my neck. Isn't that fascinating? Okay, go on about your I grandma. Wow. Wow. Well, Bobby. that's okay, okay. but let's, 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 really, let's really see if all those hairs can stand up. How did she spell May? How did she spell her name? M-A-E. I'm not kidding. Is that funny or what? That it's you know, very funny. I very I'm I'm funny. a believer, and I know that you are de- uh, definitely spiritual and yoga inspired. These things are not by accident, and no, I just love the fact that it, I just love the fact that you and I together made this connection that neither one of us knew about each other because. Um, it's fascinating, truly, to to hear what you said. And my mother-in-law, I have her Singer treadle sewing machine in one of my um, bedrooms that was shipped out to me oh, with nice. her with her stuff still in it. It's so I I I can relate on so many levels about what you're talking about. So where where did you get your personal inspiration for style and fashion? Who did you look towards? You know, um, hmm. I guess it would have changed over time, but I can go back a second because Mae Marks was not as in the, she was not a seamstress, but in the late 40s, 50s, and into the early 60s, she was a personal shopper. And at that time, personal shopper meant that she, her driver took her into New York City and she went into the garment district and she brought back um, clothing options for, I'll say, air quotes, the doctor's wives, and she would dress them. So I kind of always looked to her for, you know, for that guidance, and she was really sharp. She was really sharp. But, you know, fashion is what you wear. Style is how you wear it. And that's the business. That's That's, the business for me, is finding your style, and that reflects who you are, what your message is, what your purpose is, you know, so that you're a total package. Your style is inbred in you, and you need to find that and embrace it and then let it be, as you so kindly remarked in my entrance into the Rotary meetings <laughs> in the morning, it becomes your wordless introduction. So if oh, people don't brilliant. necessarily know what you do, once they ask you and you tell them, oh, yeah, I get that. That makes sense. And one further, one further coincidence, I learned how to sew. I made all my own clothes in, from the time I was in junior high school on up. 
I don't anymore, thankfully. But mm-hmm. um, th- I made them all on a non-electric treadle sewing machine in the basement of my house growing up as a kid. Yep. And I wish I still had that machine. <laughs> well, here's where we really couldn't be more opposite. And that is, as I said, my mother made all my clothes. And in those days, you wore, you didn't wear pants to school, so dresses and skirts and things like that. She also knit all of my sweaters. All right. So you would think that I might have inherited some of those skills. When I got into <laughs> junior high school, and we had to take, oh, yeah, you're laughing. You might know where this is going. We had to take home ec- classes. One, yeah, one was a sewing class, and one was a cooking class. And then you were graded on what you could do. In those days, wraparound skirts, Bobby, was the style. You had denim on one side and maybe gingham on the other side, right? And my mother was mm-hmm. making those clothes so I could be cute, and then I had matching shoes, of course. I had to learn how to make a pillowcase. Now, you know that there's not a lot of stitching to put a square or a rectangle together. I got a D on my pillowcase <laughs> because I you could probably- not... I couldn't. You probably didn't leave the threads long enough because I, I got really bad grades in sewing in college. I actually took a tailoring <laughs> class. And oh, I got funny. marks off because I didn't leave the, the, after you nodded, you know, after you nodded at the end, you're supposed to leave X amount of thread beyond mm-hmm. the knot. And I always cut it too short. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Obviously, you got past it. Uh, I, I did not. So let's talk about... Um, your actual business. And by the way, I just want to tell people that as they're listening, and I will refer back to this um, as we're speaking together, but you have a fabulous web, web, fabulous website, and it's very easy to find. It's just fashionablywealthy.com. And I love your website, and there are so many cool things on that, and we will be talking a lot about your website as we move through this show together. So one of my questions about your business is, so how long have you actually been in this fashionably wealthy business as a, as a business? Mm-hmm. Well, fashionably wealthy, this, this is the fourth iteration of my brand, fourth and shall I add final iteration of my brand. I started out with BCL Inspirational Style. Then I moved to uh, something else with Inspirational. I changed my colors. I started out with saddle colors and then black. And then I moved to In Style by Bobby. I thought that would be cool. And I moved to blue colors, blue background, so that cadet blue. And then I worked through the coaching programs and things that I had been in, worked actually with a real strong influencer, uh, Carrie Murphy. Uh, she is the founder of Inspired Living. And, uh, and with her team, I was able to find my real brand, which was fashionably wealthy, because when you work with me, you're rich in style. Beautiful. And that, that resonated for me. That just resonated for me because I start with what you have in your closet. So those are your assets, and wealthy people use their assets. Yep. That's that's beautiful. If you're rich Mm -hmm. in style, you're going to use your assets first before spending money on anything else and get that foundation laid. So uh, the fashionably wealthy label is probably max about three and a half years old. Got it. Well, and congratulations. I've been, I've been developing this for the last since about twenty fifteen. That's lovely. That's really that's that's it's really, really nice. Well so we we both kinda came into this uh, another interesting fact as we weave our stories together is much like what your experience was a, f- a few years ago, I was in the L.A. Talk Live studio, which is in our backyard, and I was um, an Internet host. From That's when my first Born to Talk radio show started back in April of 2015. And you were a frequent guest on another show, so you and I both have experience working in a studio where we were visual as well as as audio. And now with the um, advancing of podcasting, and I know there are, Bobby, there are plenty of people that podcast video, 
podcast as well. I don't have that kind of technology in my house, so I'm just I just do it as a phone call. But um, I think that you know I, that's why I really encourage people to visit websites either while you're listening or go back after the show is over and and look at the things that we're going to be talking about today. So in keeping with that. You mentioned, I think this was really important, when you mentioned the difference between style and fashion. And you said fashion is what you wear, and style is how you wear it. And I don't think that, I don't know how many people ever really think about that, but when you said that to me, that that made a lot of sense to me. And I'm sure as you, you coach a lot of people, and I'm sure that that's, one of the things that you bring out to them, right, is to understand that difference. That's exactly where we start. That's where we start. We sit down and I interview my clients thoroughly, you know, and find out what makes them tick and what their what their collections are and, you know, just and they do a style quiz, which is free on my website. So I invite everybody to click on the style quiz and, you know, just get that sand pile a little bit smaller to help you hone in on what your specific style is, and then I can take you to the next level with it. But, yeah, style is, style is a real important thing because if you think about it, we have a style of speech, we have a style of walk, we have a style of um, lifestyle, we have a, a personality style. I mean, all of those elements, all of those elements are who we are. And it's really important to be clear about them and comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. I agree. So when you say dressing for the day you want, what what do you mean when you say that? Well, that was that came about and actually shifted my tagline um, at the beginning. It was the day after. Pretty sure it was the day after the um, we were told to stay home, uh, and it was March. I guess it was about March nineteenth. Mm-hmm. And I was scheduled to do. I was scheduled to do a um, the first <laughs> for LAX Chamber the first virtual lunch and learn. So I was going mm-hmm. to be the guinea pig, which I happily do. But I was to be the guinea pig, and the day before I was talking to. Uh, the the gal Kelly Trumbly who handles all of the that stuff within the chamber and is a real uh, great leader in the organization of the community and um, and I called her up and she, I said you know what Kelly I'm not feeling it I, I just I I'm just I'm in such a funk I don't want to do this live and you know this that and the other thing she's she's really handled me well. <laughs> <laughs> and said, uh, you know, you know, Bobby, she said, you know, people pre- probably could use some uplifting and a little something different to have a conversation about. We're all trapped in this situation, and th- and we had many more words after that, which were all very positive. And I said, all right, you know what? I committed to this. I'm not going to back out. I will be there. I will do it. I will give it my best shot. And if we can record it, that would be great. Well. They were so new with Zoom that only about 15 minutes of the hour and a half got recorded. So we just chalked that up to experience. And I got dressed. I showered. I did my hair. I put contact lenses in, makeup, and I set up my living room as a little studio and had my computer as well as my phone going so that I could talk to one and see the folks on the other. And then I was showing them things because we were talking about 10 wardrobe essentials. So I wanted to actually show them garments and be able to uh, have it, have a strong visual for them. And so it went well and I kept looking, glancing over at their faces and there was real interest and there was just such a great warm feeling communicating with all these folks. I just was, became so happy that I actually did it. So after it was all over and we shut down, I looked around and I said, wow, I still have my little studio set up here and I still am dressed and presentable for camera. I just went and did a Facebook Live and I just talked about it. And I said, you know what? I said, today I ate some of my own cooking. 
because I'm I a big love proponent that. of put- Yeah, I said I'm a big proponent of putting on a pop of color and getting dressed, and it just somehow or other just came out of my mouth, and getting dressed for the day you want, not the day you were given. It's it's interesting that you say that, Bobby, because I, I should have also mentioned that we are both members of the Chamber of Commerce as well. And Kelly, obviously, well, obviously to me, when she walks into a room, oh, yeah, my head snaps around as well from the way she's dressed, her jewelry, and, the, and her style. And some people mm-hmm. just are more out there than others. That's not to say that other people, you know, I can think of multiple people within our club that I would say that about. But I think what's fascinating, and you mentioned it, the um, the whole Zoom idea has so taken on since you, you're right. It was March 19th here in Los Angeles when we were told to, to stay home and stay safe. And it's really changed the way we, we do things. But as we move through these, these this conversation together, we're going to talk more about that. In fact, what, what occurs to me is that... Um, you know, like I said, if we would have had this conversation a lot, you know, before this, uh, before we shut down ourselves, you know, you might have had a little bit different of a response. But now that we have the circumstances that we're in today, how do you think our wardrobe affects our mood? I think even more so now, it's a very personal because we're not necessarily being seen as we would if we were walking into a room. And I can tell you today for this podcast, and my husband was saying, he says, I thought you said that this was radio. He says, I said, um, I said, I, but Dale, it's a mindset. Okay. Cause I showered, I did my hair, I put on lipstick color, I dressed, I have, accessories on, earrings, necklace, you know, the whole bit. Mm-hmm. So I am, I, I dressed for what I, the day I wanted. And I wanted to be professional and I wanted to be articulate and I wanted to be on brand when I spoke to you. So I think even more so now, and the feedback that I've gotten because I'm, today I'll be shooting and and publishing my 21st day in a row of the Dress for the Day You Want videos. And it's really been a recording of my personal journey through this time. I mean, we're living in a large chunk of history right now. This has never happened before in our lifetime. And we're hopeful that it won't happen again. But we're living through history right now. So I want to be alert. I want to be true, and I want to be attentive to what's going on. And by, by making sure that I help others and myself to structure our day for the result that we want and the feeling that we want and the impact that we want to have, I think it's more important now than ever. I agree. I think it really does set the tone for the day. And um, people that know me know that I'm very much a matchy-matchy girl. People know that I have a style, me and my chucks. I, mm-hmm. When I get dressed and I put on whatever I'm going to wear, the next thing I go to besides my jewelry is, well, what pair of chucks goes with this outfit because I'm over-served <laughs> in that department. But that's because that's been my style. But as I reflected, and Bobby, it's so interesting, is as I reflected, back in the day, you grew up in New York. I grew up right here in Westchester. And one of the local shoe stores back in the day was called Leeds, L-E-E-D-S. And mm-hmm. I wore, I was very, I'm short. I was, you know, I'm 5'3". And I wore a, a very small shoe size, a five and a half back in those days. And I would take my babysitting money, two leads, and I would walk up and down the aisles, and I could try on every shoe on display because they were the small shoes. Nobody had to help me. And then I would figure out, okay, so Mom made this plaid outfit. Damn, I really want to wear this to the first day of school in September. Oh, wait, it's like 80 degrees outside. This 
wool plaid skirt's not going to really, oh, but I want to wear it. And I've got the perfect purple shoes to go with it. So, I mean, I, I can recall that like it was yesterday. I remember those things. And I think it does speak about about that. And so, like you, you know, I mean, yes, I do a Facebook Live, so I'm I'm on camera for that. But I feel better when my makeup is on and my shoes match whatever I'm wearing. Sure, I can put on casual clothes and take a walk around the neighborhood. I'm happy to do that, too. But there's something to be said, as I would agree with you. It's a mindset for dressing for the day you want. I think that's brilliantly said. So with that in mind, do you think that our wardrobe can speak for us or against us? Uh, Can can I say yes? Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Think about it. Think about it. I mean, if if you're asking for someone's for someone to invest in you, whether it be money or trust or to represent you in a court case or whatever it might be, if that person doesn't look like they know how to do that for themselves, how can you have confidence in them? Why would you why would you hand over money to a a schlumpy wealth manager? I think, you know, money would wind up on the floor. I mean, because I believe the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So, if you don't think enough of yourself to portray yourself well and to take the time and effort to put yourself together, then why would I suspect that you would have enough time and effort to put put it together for me? I Whatever. totally agree. Yes. Whatever. You said something really, really interesting, and it's so quotable. What you said is how we dress, How no, what our style is, is a wordless introduction. I think that that mm-hmm. is something. And, you know, that doesn't just apply to women. It applies to men, too. If your if you're, um, buttons on your shirt are popping, and you want to make a um, a statement about yourself, then either put on a shirt that fits you better or make sure your jacket is closed completely and make sure your socks really do match. So it's not just about women, but I know we seem to be very mindful of that, but I know that, that men um, need to be equally mindful. And you mentioned that you have these three pillars of style, and I'd like to spend some time talking about those three pillars, which are color, proportion and fit. So let's start with color, all right? Sure. What does what does our color choices say about our style? Well, first of all, your color choices are your preference. But if you if your preference aligns with the coloring that nature gave you, you cannot go wrong. So everybody's skin tone and the whites of their eyes and their hair color are indicative of their, their colors. Now, if you don colors that will enhance those features rather than drain them, because, you know, if you put something up to your face that's a color that is not a good color for you, you can see the color go right out of your face. You drain out. You look ashy. But if you put a color that lifts you and makes you vibrant, you know, that's going to lift you as well as your coloring and, and lift you upward. So color is, a, I think color is a really, really important factor. And color can help us look taller. Color can help us elongate. You know, there's, color can make such a difference. And if you look around, if you look around in nature, nature uses color magnificently. And we're a part of nature. So if we use coloring as well as nature has bestowed upon us, we can really do well. I like lately to use the um, example of a leopard. A leopard comes with its own uniform. Now, we have to put on a second set of skin to have a, more of a uniform, so more expressive. But think about a leopard. A leopard has bigger spots up in the top, smaller spots as it goes down towards the tail. It's sleek. 
it looks fast. It looks fast. So why not dress yourself so that you look like what you are? If you're contemplative, if you're an academic, if you're, you know, a very staunch, um, you know, um, attorney or some sort of judicial person, you know, think about, think about a judge. A judge wears a very stark look mm-hmm. and it's the absence of all color. The judge's robes are always black and black is a very, sends a very strong message because you know what, when people go up in front of a judge and they're wearing black, they actually get harsher sentences than if they wore a color. Wow. It's interesting. So color, yeah, color has a tremendous has a tremendous impact. I mean, think about the color green, the color blue. Pantone does its uh, colors color of the year every year, and those move with the trends and the times and the attitudes and the mores. Color is so influential, absolutely influential in how you project and how you're seen, and I hazard to how you feel as well you know what you what you made me think about when you were talk you were referring to the judge for those of us that are watching the news and i really try to monitor just how much news time i'm watching i cannot for me now i cannot take my eyes off of the people doing american sign language i can't take my eyes off those 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 folks that are doing that and almost all of them are wearing black to not mm-hmm. get us distracted by what they're wearing, but more importantly, what they're doing. And it, it, it just it shows up for me every time I see that. Sometimes the men are in suits, and that's a little bit different. But for the women, for the most part, it's just interesting that that they tend to be wearing black. Let's talk about, um, uh, you know, also Bobby. Do you remember way back in the million years ago that sometimes we were we got like fashion advice and color advice, and we were called by the seasons. Yes. Did, did, was yes. that I was I was called a winter, and I had this this packet of little color samples of what would be the best colors for me, based on exactly what you said: my skin tone, my skin tone, my my color of my eyes, and I I've, I still have it to this day. I think that's probably I don't know, forty years old. But I, I don't. I'm sure that there's things we've progressed since then. But it, it's funny because those colors are still the colors that I actually still like and wear. When we, when you talk about proportion, I think that that's another important element when we talk about your pillars. So tell me what that means. Well, proportion. I'm, I'm about five six, and you're five three. So by the very nature of our height we are going to have different proportion that we need to adhere to, right? I can probably wear my tops a bit longer, maybe closer to my knee or even to my ankle, whereas if we put that same garment or that same proportion on you, it would drown you. Mm-hmm. So, we, so we, we do the two-thirds, you know, two-thirds and a third rule. So two-thirds of your body wherever your length is, whether it's your torso or your legs. So there's two-thirds of your body you're going to treat one way, and then a third of your body you're going to treat another way. So let's just say you have long legs and a short body. Okay, You're going to take your tops and you're going to try and more than likely at least have one layer of it end at the top of your hip bone so that you've got that, that... that length there and then you're going to elongate the legs by putting a solid color or depending on the line of the leg whether it's a wide leg a narrow leg a skinny leg so proportion is really important to it's for men and for women to you want to play up your assets and you want to play down the, the parts that you that you're not as happy with so let's just say somebody has wider hips and narrower shoulders you're probably going to want to build out those shoulders a little bit and create a V on the top so that it brings, makes those shoulders look a little bit bigger and Vs it into the waist so that it will, the shoulders will be as wide or just about as the hips 
so that you take the attention away from the hips and you lift it up, and then you elongate from there. You know, so there's lots of, you know, we're all different. Everybody's got a different mm-hmm. shape, different height shoes that we can wear and should wear and want to wear, you know, and then texture and that kind of stuff comes into, comes into proportion as well. You know, um, I like big, chunky jewelry. I like big, chunky fabrics. You know, the chunkier and the, the bigger, the better. And once again, if I can use our comparison, you, I think, are more comfortable and certainly wear well a thinner knit, not mm-hmm. as bulky, not, mm-hmm. as, not, as, not as big a sleeve. You know, the, the parts and pieces that you would put together, you know, hug your shape and enhance your shape without overpowering you. Because you don't want to overpower yourself and you don't want to underpower yourself. It's like Goldilocks, right? You want to find that one sweet spot right in the middle that works, that works for you and works for you so that you can duplicate it and replicate it on an ongoing basis with everything that's in your closet. Because a lot of times we have the pieces in our closet. We just may not be pairing them the right way. Right. So if you wear something chunky on the top, you want to wear something sleek on the bottom. And if you wear something chunkier or corduroys or something on the bottom that are chunkier, then you're going to want to go sleek on the top. So you want to Great. play, mm-hmm. always play to your assets. Always play to your assets. That's, that's great advice. Now let's talk about fit because is that, is that a little bit different than proportion? Absolutely. Fit is make finding, and I have a great one in the area. She actually comes to your house, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. is finding a tailor, finding a tailor and making them your BFF because mm-hmm. there isn't a single garment that is actually off the rack, ready to wear. You can always do a little bit of a tweak, which makes that garment yours. It personalizes it, and, and it has the right hang and drape. Portion is adjusted by removing or adding shoulder pads, by um, closing the gap between buttons, by hemming the bottom, by putting a cuff on a pan, by taking a little bit out of the seat, perhaps, for men and for women, and maybe a little bit out between the shoulders, you know, um, shortening the sleeves if that's necessary. Whatever it is, but it absolutely enhances the garment, and it gives it such longevity because as long as you stay close to the size that you've had it altered for, it's always going to look good, and it's going to look a whole lot better than anything that you just take off the rack. I mean, how is it possible to take something off the rack in any, I don't care who the manufacturer is. I mean, there are certain manufacturers that I can wear off the rack. But do you know what? I still have to get a little something adjusted. Maybe the hem of the legs, you know, maybe close a pocket, open a pocket, you know, remove a piece of lining, something. Just, but that's, for me, that slows you down a little bit. And it, you get into the quality versus quantity of dressing because one super fitting garment, whether it be a jacket, a dress, a pair of pants, a suit, whatever, male or female, you are always going to look good in that because you feel good in that and it's comfortable. So fit is really important. I mean, how, how can you possibly be comfortable negotiating business or going out on social occasions if your clothes don't fit you. Yeah. And once again, it's that sweet spot. You don't want them too tight and you don't want them too loose because if you wear them too tight, it's basically tremendously uncomfortable and it sends a bad message about you. And if they're too big, I suspect you're trying to hide. Right. So you don't want, you don't want to be seen. We all need to be seen. So you need mm-hmm. to find that sweet spot in the middle. So once you find your colors, find your style, find your, you know, figure out your proportion, then get it tailored. And wow. there's fun things you can do. You can totally mm-hmm. change the look of a garment. Take something out of your closet. Once again, I worked with a client in St. Louis, and she's an attorney. And in interviewing her over the phone, somehow or other she came up, she had all these suits, you know, these the traditional suits. Slacks, 
bottoms and skirt bottoms and jackets. And she said, they're really good suits. I said, do you like them? She said, yeah, I do, but I don't want to wear that look anymore. So I said, well, let's take them apart and let's use the jackets on, on their own and let's use the slacks and the, and the skirts on their own. And then the jackets said, well, and I said, you know, jackets, you could just give them a whole new flair by cuffing them up a bit and, you know, just pushing them up and give, make them a little sassy. She says, oh, gosh. She says, you know, I wish they made French cuff shirts. And I said, oh, well, you could have one made, but why French cuff? She says, I have a collection of, hand, of, of um, cufflinks. So I was like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Let's take one of those jackets. Let's turn it into a three-quarter sleeve. Make a cuff on it. Take it to the tailor. Make a cuff on it. And maybe embellish it with velvet or put a little trim or whatever and have buttonholes put in it. And that way you can wear your cufflinks on your jacket. Brilliant. That's exactly what she said. <laughs> That's brilliant. Sent me all kinds of all kinds of pictures. So she has these fabulous key lengths and a three quarter length sleeves now that it turns out she was pretty handy with the sewing machine also. So she now is able to wear all of her cufflinks. She says, I never thought I'd be able to wear them. And you know what? Wearing a shirt with cufflinks can get bulky. But putting mm-hmm. cufflinks halfway up your forearm on a jacket, that's not, that's not cumbersome at all. No. And it really does set a style that almost... Like, oh, I remember her. She's the one that has those cufflinks on those cool jackets, right? It's a calling card. Yep. yep. That's, yep. that's really cool. It became that's a real cool. trademark. It became a real trademark for her. Mm-hmm. And then also think about it. Every time she wears those cufflinks, she remembers where she found that pair or who, who gave them to her or where they came from or what the memory associated with it is. So it became, it made, it took those frumpy suits and turned it into something that was pleasurable. And that wow. she looked forward now to wearing. That's awesome. That's a great story. All right. We're going to talk about closets now. I'm going to try not to tell you all about my closets. <laughs> and let's just, because I could, but let's just talk about our closets. I, I have a daughter that's made an entire bedroom of a closet. So there's there's all different ways of doing closets. And so let's talk about is is there some symptom symptom that was funny is there a system that you have in in people's closets yes there are several several key items and before i talk about how to organize it and clean it out and that kind of stuff i just want to talk about a couple of things that every closet needs i have never found anyone that doesn't one is good lighting okay Okay. Now that's uh, assuming that you have a walk-in closet. I don't have a walk-in closet, so the light. But I would still. But it doesn't really matter. You're saying so the lighting needs to be good in your bedroom. Yeah, but if you have a sliding door closet, you probably have some depth, and I'll bet you it's hard for you to see the colors accurately. Putting a light I have up lights. inside the sliding door closet. I do. You're right. I okay. have lights in my closet. Good. Okay. You need it. You need it. Yep. And and uh, and also, if possible wherever you're dressing I like to use there's a mirror that I buy from Ikea that's like $19 it's a skinny mirror it's about um, three and a half feet tall and about maybe 10 inches wide and just having that snip of a mirror close by really helps out as well mm-hmm. and then the other thing the other thing that I highly recommend tactically is to use one type of hanger. I like yep. using the felt hangers, the skinny ones. Me too. Mm-hmm. And they don't take up that much room and the, and they're all the same color. Yep. So, you know, and that I think that just gives a nice aesthetic to the because if you're going to shop your closet, you want it to look like a boutique. Mm-hmm. You want it to have yeah. that you want it to have that kind of, you know, appeal. Mm-hmm. So, the first thing, the first thing I highly recommend when I start working with clients is that they go through their closet and not pile it up on the bed. I've, I've talked with a couple of Marie Kondo, mm-hmm. Marie Kondo consultants, and I beg them. I go buy yourself a salesman's rack and use that because 
dumping all the clothes on the bed, first of all, it's going to hurt your back over time. And two, you can't really see the stuff. And if you hang them, take them from the closet and hang them on a rack, and there's some great little over-the-door um, put-together pieces from Bed Bath & Beyond, $14.99, which is also great. That folds down. I take that a lot with me um, when I go to clients' houses so that I have something to hang clothes on, but it's, it unclips and it falls back into a bag really easily. But if you take the clothes out of the closet and you hang them on a, on a rack and you assemble them there and you try them on and you select and you do whatever you're going to do with it, then you can just put those hangers together and change the hangers out as well, put those hangers together, and then put it right back in the closet. You're saving like two steps. So mm-hmm. it just makes it a whole lot easier. So, And then also, if you dump everything on the bed, you have just made the task look much worse than it is because you're just going, oh, my God, how am I going to get through all this? So what I recommend is that you, when you clean out your closet, which everybody should, I think you should do it at least twice a year, go through the closet takeout section by section, but take everything out of the closet, look at everything in daylight, make sure there, there aren't stains and there aren't holes and there aren't, you know, or, or things associated with it, you, you know, that you know for sure you can't wear, and try stuff on. You know, don't, and if stuff has dust on the shoulders, particularly try those on, because there's a really good reason more than likely that they're not being worn. And the mm-hmm. other thing I feel that everybody should remove from their closet and should make sure that it goes out of the house as well is any garment that harbors a bad memory. Because think about it, every time you walk in your closet or open your closet and you see that item, and it could be any number of things, it could be a pair of shoes, it could be a purse, it could be a shirt, it could be a suit, it could be anything, it's going to hold that memory and it's going to take your attention in that direction. You know how it is when when you send something out or you get feedback, you get 2,000 people that say, wow, that was great, and two people say, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. Who has more influence over you? The yep. two people or the 2,000? The two people. You're right. Mm-hmm. So take that garment, take that garment and repurpose it because it's not going to hold that same energy for someone else. Good. And then Good. I right. you know, always recommend, and you were talking about it before the call, I always recommend that you put things in categories mm-hmm. and put them in, put them in, in the closet by, by color. And I I highly recommend, even though you and I live in California, I'm a New Yorker, I still swap out my closets. And swapping Mm -hmm. out my closets, which I'm about to do this week, means I take all the shoes, I take the handbag, I take all the clothes, sweaters, accessories, anything that has a a winter, winter aspect to it, and I haul that out of the closet. I happen to be lucky enough to have another closet that I can off with, but if you don't, you can just put stuff into a garment bag inside your closet that you can't see because that way you don't have to, it just makes getting dressed so much easier. If you Mm -hmm. only have in your closet the things that you can, will, can, will, and should wear for the season, for for the occasion, for whatever, because otherwise it's too noisy in there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's excellent advice, and I'm really, I'm really happy to hear that. In a lot of what you're saying, um, I'm doing because I do live alone, and I do have more than one closet upstairs where my bedroom is. My office also has a full-length closet, and I do precisely what you said. I've taken those heavy sweaters and things like that that I'm not going to be wearing anymore and the sleeve, the, the short sleeves and the more summery-looking clothes and the, maybe the colors, they go back into the bedroom. And I, I, do, I do that as well for that very reason. I've just never heard anybody say it the way you've said it because now what you're doing is you're just validating what I'm doing, and that, that feels really good. And for people that don't like doing those things – you know, 
this is just a suggestion. Everybody's going to do what makes them happy. But I would rec- I liked the idea that you said about not throwing all those things on the bed because it is overwhelming. And if you do hang them up on a, on a rolling rack and you have the opportunity to put that rolling rack someplace else in your house, even if you just use it for cleaning out your closet and the rolling rack goes out into your garage if you have extra space for it, I think that's just a, a sensational idea. And I, I I knew that what was going to happen with this show is that we're just going to, you know, this could be a definitely a two-hour show, which is why you were on Elena's show so regularly because you have so much to to talk about. I wanted to make sure that we talked about a couple of things that are on your website, and I particularly like on your website fashionablywealthy.com um, the page is called Personal Styling Services and which one is right for you. And you have uh, four sections there that I really appreciate. Rescue your wardrobe, shop your closet, fashion your life, and group fashion. And there's learn more on all of those. So I really, really recommend that people go and, and visit that. And the other thing, and I thought you could talk more about this, Bobby, is also on your website is called a wardrobe challenge. And I thought you could spend some time joining this free challenge that you offer to people. What's that all about? <laughs> That's me being having fun. Um, <laughs> so what it is, what it is, is if you take my style, take my style quiz, uh, and you have to opt in. So you know, uh, out of that, you'll get the results of your style quiz, and that'll put you into a cycle where you will uh, get. The five videos will follow after the five videos. So it's a five-day confident wardrobe challenge. It was when I was first starting up my website, and I wanted to put something out there that would be fun but brief yet potent and give people some ideas because the five items that I challenge you to try after I explain them to you, I challenge you to try can boost your wardrobe just by using what's in your closet a little differently. So you can take the wardrobe challenge. If you go to my, um, my website, you don't have to go through the style quiz, but I think the style quiz is enlightening. Um, it's up on the top over towards the left, and you just click on Confident Wardrobe Challenge and opt in, and you will get, over a week's time, you'll get five videos challenging you to try something different. Nice. Um, I think that that's cool. So if you were going to recommend for those that are listening that they're really um, encouraged by what the things you're saying, what you would recommend is start with the style quiz and then go over to the wardrobe challenge. But did I understand that correctly? Yeah, yeah. I've loaded my okay. website with content. I've loaded it with yes. content and keep putting, try to keep putting more in there. I've got these dress for the day you want videos that are going to go up and, you know, podcasts and all the other stuff. So I need help to put that up. So that's what I'm doing this week. But um, yeah. there's lots of content there. I want, I want to be a resource to people. It's all about helping people feel good about themselves. And when somebody stands up a little bit taller or reports back that they got a compliment from somebody that had never complimented them before because they tried something a little different or they put they wore an outfit that I helped them put together. I can't ask for a bigger blessing than that. Mm-hmm. So I'm very generous with my knowledge and very vulnerable in that I'm open with what my challenges have been. I mean, I grew up on hand-me-downs. I didn't start making my own clothes because I thought that was a cool thing to do. I wanted to take some control over what I was going to wear. You know, so there's um, there's always a backstory to things, and I know what it was like wearing hand-me-downs and going to school and not being like the quote-unquote cool kids, and you know, not having the the wonderful patent leather saddles that Marlene Denegri had in third grade. <laughs> you know, See how you remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, so um, yeah, so it's. I remember all that, and I don't want anybody to feel that way anytime mm-hmm. when it doesn't have to be. And it doesn't mean that you have to spend gobs of money on services from me or on clothing. 
is an amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I, clients always tell me, oh, I can't. I'm so embarrassed. I don't want you to see my closet. I don't have anything. Up, 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 up. And I said, all right, shh. First of all, this is the no-fault zone. Second, I've yet to meet a closet that I couldn't find 20 new outfits in from what you had. And then we know what, where the gaps are, and then you can go shopping, and then you can fill in. But you, now you're complementing what you already have. Because, as I said in the beginning, wealthy people use their assets. We can all be wealthy in our style. Oh, that's, that is quotable. Wealthy people use their assets, and we – and say that again because I'm writing this down. This is so great. So wealthy people <laughs> use their assets. Okay, say it again. Right. Wealthy people use their assets. Uh-huh. So when it comes to style, we can all be wealthy by using what we already have. All right. That's 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 terrific, and you're you're right about that. And you know, I know that uh, I'm older than you, but I know that one of the things that I remember hearing as a as a kid was, you know, let your smile sort of start the way. If you're not mm-hmm. feeling comfortable in your clothes, if you're not feeling happy in your clothes, then that comes across as well, and. It's not like all of us are just so excited to be wearing face masks right now. But for me, Bobby, I think it's going to some. The, the L.A. Times called it the new seatbelt. I'm calling it the new fashion accessory. Um, I wear glasses. I'm not crazy about having my glasses continue to fog up when I have a mask on, and they're cotton. And I've had a real good friend of mine make my masks, and they're 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 fabric, and so. Each side has a different fabric, so when I wash it, I can wear the other side the next time. And I, I'm not—I don't want to wear, you know, a multi-purple mask when I'm wearing something that that would clash with. Because it's like, why? Why would I do that? Because I—I I have the choice now. I mean, that's that's sort of my uh, nutty side of the way I dress. But I feel like these masks are going to be with us for a while, don't you? And they're going to be part of our our wardrobe. I'm fearful that that's being the truth, but I'm a lipstick girl, okay? So I am not enjoying, and I wear glasses too because they told us that it's not the best idea right now to wear contact lenses, which I don't Mm -hmm. enjoy not wearing them. (laughs) I see much better when I do, but I keep pulling off the mask and there's all my lipstick on the inside. So right. I don't know. I'm, you know what? Through this whole thing, Marcia, I honestly, I'm just been taking. Time will tell. I'm taking a time mm-hmm. will tell. You know, hip pause, and time will tell. <laughs> you know, I, um, I would, I often ask people this, and I, and I know this about you, and I like what you said when you said hip pause, time will tell. But when you're not styling the world, I know about you that you have this other balanced side of your life and I know how important yoga and exercise is to you so how are you managing that aspect of your life to stay in balance when that has sort of been interrupted for us right now yeah well there's two things that keep me in balance um, the, my yoga and my exercise practices and um, volunteering so right. I've been able to actually continue both, not the Bikram, not the hot room yoga, which I really love, but I can do the 26 in two postures. Um, I've been doing, been the student for my goddaughter who's an instructor, so we've been doing those on Facebook and on Zoom and, you know, and that kind of stuff. Also, I work with a gal by the name of Joy Rika, and she's been doing HIIT classes and yoga classes, so you know, I set my computer up, and my living room has now become my yoga studio. <laughs> I set my computer up, and I do class with them. It takes a little bit more to um, to be committed to mm-hmm. it. I, well, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I loved getting up at 5 o'clock and being out of the house at 5 o'clock in the morning to be in a 5.30 um, Bikram yoga class. Mm-hmm. But And then the other uh, is volunteering. And I've been able to volunteer the last couple of Fridays with the WPV organization, which is the Westside Pacific Villages Village, and that uh, helps the elders who who are shut in, believe it or not, all the time, 
right. in their own homes in the community. Uh, we've been doing really nice deliveries for them on Fridays. So I, I have a route now, and I have my I have my house where I drop things off. This past week, we did cookies with a handwritten yep. note for everyone, mm-hmm. and um, and flowers. The week before, we did masks and sterile kits for them, and the week before was a hot lunch. So, you know that that's filling a little bit of the gap too. I've been volunteering with them for a lot of years, but took a, took a break, and now this became available again. So I thought, oh, this I can do. And you know the nice thing about volunteering because um I was I was part of the cookie business as well this past week is that yes the elders are 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 stay at stay in people that are not really getting out at all they are being benefited by that drop off but I think that the people that participate are also getting a, that other benefit like what you've just said it feels good to be able to do something for somebody else. It 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 just unites us as humans and there's never been a time in our history as long as you and I have been alive where this kind of unification is so important and you know we can keep our social you know distancing as we need to because we do it doesn't mean we can't get out and walk and and get some fresh air because I think it's vital but for some of us, um, um, being on the um, social media is a different way of also connecting to just do a quick, how are you doing? I hope you're doing well. I hope your family is well. Do you need anything? Just thinking about you today. I don't think there's been a time that's been greater than doing that or, frankly, just picking up the telephone and calling somebody Somebody that's not expecting to hear from you, I think, is 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 a win-win for all of us. I I think that we're going to learn how to do these things even better now that, in some ways, we've been forced into thinking about how we can do this. There are so many clever things out there. I just heard yesterday about this webcam. I love nature. I'm a nature person, and now all the zoos have live webcams. So if you've got a child that's really bored or you're even bored and you want to see what the elephants are doing at the zoo or the giraffe is doing or you can go all over the world and and go into museums, there's all kinds of things that we can do to keep our spirits up. But like you, Bobby, I would agree that what I wear definitely affects how I feel that day. If I'm wearing um, really loose and, and just just to, didn't give any attention to what I'm wearing. My day of intention is not as strong. It just isn't. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. I, and my only caveat would be going forward, I'll do anything. I just don't want to do it sitting. <laughs> right. I know. I'm done sitting. <laughs> really? Well, because we do live in the same community, one of these days we'll meet halfway at our little Vons and we'll just take a walk <laughs> around our beautiful neighborhood with our distancing and get out and get some fresh air. But I, I'm very grateful for you taking the time today to share this wonderful information for people that hadn't really thought about it before and you know just something as simple as matching hangers you're right about that um and bed bath and beyond is always giving coupons they never expire you can order them online and it's amazing what it makes your closet look like when all of your hangers and especially you want to be able to twist them so that maybe you want some clothes facing to the right, maybe you want some clothes facing to the left, depending upon how you open your closet and you look at your clothes. You don't want to look at the back of your clothes. You want to look at the front of your clothes. So um, I think that you've really provided a great service today, Bobby, and I just thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. It was a delight, an absolute delight, and thank you for the invitation. You're welcome. Okay, everybody. So I'm going to say goodbye to you on this last Monday of um, April. And next, starting in May, I'm going to have a whole new crop of people. I'm having a high school friend that's um, a very well-known author, screenwriter, artist, 
Diane Gardner is her name, and she's going to be with me next week. And I would also like all of you, I would encourage all of you that are listening to, to me today and Bobby to to join me and subscribe to my my podcast. If you go to borntotalkradioshow.com, on my website there is a little red button that says subscribe. That will put you on my mailing list so that you know the recap. Maybe you missed a show that you thought, oh, that sounds interesting. I'd like to go back and listen to that. That'll be on that newsletter along with the upcoming guests that will be joining me in the month of May. So until, be safe, take care of yourself, love the ones you're with, and um, I'll see you on the radio next week. And thanks again, Bobby. It's, It's been a joy. Bye for now, everybody.